Welcome back to Raising Healthy Eaters, the podcast. I'm Bridget, your host and founder of Raising Healthy Eaters. You're listening to episode three of our 10 episode series on the do's and don'ts of feeding kids. And today we're going to talk about the second don't of feeding kids. And it's something I mentioned in the last episode on pressure. We're going to talk about bribes and rewards. I wanted to do a deep dive on bribes and rewards because they're pretty common feeding practices that, like the other don'ts, have some unforeseen consequences. And if you're working to help change your child's eating habits or create more pleasant mealtimes for your family, this is another one of those things you want to work on avoiding. So let me start off by talking about the difference between rewards and bribes in the context of mealtime. And then I'll give you some examples of what they look like and talk about the consequences of using them. I'll start with rewards. Rewards are something that's given after an achievement or an effort has been made. For example, eating vegetables. Whereas bribing is more of an if-then situation in which there's an expectation stated and a reward offered in advance. And bribing is typically used to stop an unwanted behavior like not eating your vegetables. So I'll give you some examples within the context of mealtime so you can differentiate between the two. If a child is being rewarded for some sort of mealtime behavior, you might hear the parent say, hey, great job finishing everything on your plate. You deserve a cookie. Or since you ate all of your vegetables tonight, I'm going to get you a new toy. Bribes pop up before or during an unwanted behavior. And they sound something like this. If you take three bites of lasagna, you can have some ice cream. Or if you eat everything on your plate, you can have a treat. And another example, you can play video games once you've eaten your green beans. Now, hopefully that helps you hear the difference. And often they are presented in a positive way. That's not necessarily always the case, but basically these are a type of instrumental feeding or a way of using food or other incentives as tools to promote or achieve a specific outcome. Food rewards tend to be high calorie foods with a low overall nutritional value. They are highly desirable or they are foods that are favored by your child. There's something you know they really love. And they're not always attached to a feeding outcome. Food rewards and incentives might be used for other desired achievements. For example, kids are sometimes provided with food rewards for academic achievements. Something like, I'll take you for ice cream if you get an A on your test. The other place food incentives are used is for emotional management. So think about a time maybe your child got hurt or was sad over something that happened. Did you offer any sort of food as a comfort. So sometimes you might hear a parent say something like, oh, I'm so sorry you hurt your knee. Let's get a popsicle to help you feel better. Often bribes and rewards do work in the short term. In fact, there have been some studies showing that preschoolers will eat more vegetables when they're offered an incentive. 
but the incentive doesn't necessarily increase the child's liking of the vegetables. And over the long run, problems start to arise. Bribes and rewards carry negative consequences for our children and end up working against us and preventing our children from eating in a way we'd like them to. I think the biggest one is that rewards and bribes for eating decrease a child's own internal motivation to try new foods. And what I mean is that once that incentive is gone, they probably won't eat the food anymore because they never really had an opportunity to learn to like it or to decide if they actually liked it because they always had that idea of the reward as front and center as the reason they were eating this food. That's the biggest consequence I think we run into in using bribes and rewards is that the child kind of loses their own motivation to eat, to try things just because they're interested. Now, I want to kind of sidestep for a minute and share that kids do have food preferences, just like we as adults do. You can probably name a few foods you don't like and won't eat. And the same is true for kids, but the difference with them is because they're developing, they need frequent exposure to a variety of foods so they have the chance to decide what they do and don't like. And that can change over time. But this exposure, coupled with a feeding environment free of pressure, allows a child to find their own reasons for trying or eating a food. There are other consequences as well, so I'll go ahead and share those with you. And one is that this is a form of pressure, like we talked about in the last episode. So when the child feels pressure, they actually decrease the amount of food they eat. And this can be their total intake of food, or this could be their intake of the food they're feeling pressured to eat. Another consequence of using bribes and rewards is it actually facilitates the development of an increased preference for the food being used as the reward, which again are usually high calorie sweets. What we find is that children want these more and they actually end up eating more of them. So their intake of these high calorie sweets tends to increase. Another consequence of using bribes and rewards to promote eating is that the child will overeat. If we think about this for a minute, a child who might be feeling full but really wants that cupcake that was promised to them might go ahead and eat more than they need to in an effort to get the cupcake. And then they end up eating the cupcake too. So essentially, they are overriding their fullness signals in an effort to get the reward. And this leads into our next consequence, which is a higher BMI or a higher weight for their height or for their body size. This comes from that overeating and eating more of the high calorie reward foods. Now in the toddler age group itself, the research has found that when bribes and rewards are used to help them eat more, the toddlers actually become fussier eaters. The bribing and rewarding, again, works against the goal. And instead of creating an adventurous eater, ends up leading to a more fussy eater. So those are consequences that happen during childhood 
There are a few that pop up in adulthood, and the first is binge eating. This is related to the fact that, one, this person is now used to overriding their fullness signals, and it's much easier to eat too much of one thing. It's also the result of that conditioning that if I do this, I deserve that. So if I do this thing I really don't want to do, then I deserve a reward for it. And they'll turn to food and end up binge eating as the reward. The other thing we see pop up in adulthood with kids who experienced the feeding practices of bribing and rewarding is that they become emotional eaters as adults. And this one actually does pop up in childhood. We will see kids start to eat more for emotional reasons and less for the reason of being hungry. It comes back to food being used as a comfort mechanism when a child is upset or a reward for managing their behavior. But it can be the result of using food as a reward for eating a specific thing. They end up making that connection again that if I do a certain thing or if I feel a certain way, then I get to eat this highly desirable food or I get to eat this food that I really like. And I want to take a minute to share a personal story. When I was in college, I realized that whenever I felt stressed out or upset, I had this very strong urge to eat ice cream. And I mean, it was like a drive. It didn't matter if I was hungry or not. If I was upset, my body was telling me, get some ice cream. And I would. I would go get ice cream. And again, I would eat it whether or not I was hungry. When I noticed this association, I mentioned it to my mom during a phone call. And I said, you know, it's the strangest thing. Whenever I'm upset, I want ice cream and I don't understand it. And she kind of chuckled and said, well, when you were little and you would get hurt or, you know, something bad would happen that, that was upsetting to you, I would take you out for ice cream. And so you probably just got used to that. And mom, sorry for outing you here, but I just want to illustrate with a personal story what the research is finding. And it's that we make those connections of this thing soothes me when I'm upset. And so we end up wanting it and looking for it as that coping mechanism. So where does that leave us? You might be thinking at this point, okay, you are taking away all of my strategies to help my kid eat better. What do I do? And I just want to take a moment to reassure you to trust your child to do their mealtime jobs. And if you need to, go back and listen again to episode one of this series where we talked about what those jobs are. Really work at recognizing if any sort of pressure is being applied during mealtimes, whether it be positive or negative. Really look at, am I offering rewards? Am I trying to bribe them? And when you have that awareness and you work to stop doing those things, you open up room for your child to eat in a way that's right for their body and develop all of those healthy habits that you want them to have. Again, like I mentioned in the last episode, please don't feel bad if you found yourself using these methods. 
They are very common and they do come from a place of good intention. Everything you're learning in this series on the do's and don'ts of feeding kids is really to help create an awareness so that you can identify the areas where some shifts might need to be made to change the feeding dynamic in your home. Now, I know this was a pretty quick episode, so just let me recap briefly. Bribes and rewards are types of pressure that can be used to get a child to eat something or eat more or eat differently. And like the other types of don'ts, which again, mostly fall within the pressure realm, they end up leading to some negative consequences for our kids. Often those consequences don't pop up until they're a little bit older, maybe in adolescence, and we do see them carry through to adulthood. They all involve overeating, weight gain, unhealthy eating behaviors as adolescents and adults, and in some cases, decreased intake when the child's feeling overly pressured to eat. So if you find yourself concerned about your child's eating habits or their weight, or you might be wondering how to stop using pressure, stop using bribes and rewards, or how to handle other people who are applying these methods because let's face it sometimes it doesn't even come from us as their parents at all it might come from other caregivers in their lives it might come from other family members it might come from friends if you're wanting help kind of navigating that and wondering how to handle that i encourage you to check out raising healthy eaters where you'll get tons of information on how to improve your child's eating along with advice and support directly from me. So check out the website at www.raisingmyhealthyeater.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Eaters Official. Those links will be in the show notes along with the references for the research used to put today's episode together. Thank you so much for listening today. Come back and check out the next episode where I am going to talk about the last don't in our do's and don'ts series. Once you listen to that one, we're going to move on and start talking about the do's of feeding kids. So that's where it's going to get fun and you will have strategies for things you can actively do to help your kids along their feeding and nutrition journey. Until next time, have a great day. 